Welcome back, guys. Rooted in Logos podcast episode number, and I'm going to stall because I can't remember what number we're on. 47? 48. 48. No. Are you sure? 47, yep. Last yeah. week. Episode 47 of the Rooted in Logos podcast. My name is Brad, joined as always by Austin in my kitchen. We are in the middle of a remodel. So normally we sit in the living room, but there is dust everywhere. It's better Dry than last dust. week, though. It is better than last yep. week. It's coming together really well. Um, Looking good. The, 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 there's a bed in the living room like there's it's just it's chaos in this household right now it's what happens but we're getting there and eventually we'll get it done but we're excited to be here romans chapter 12 at least verse 2 we'll see <laughs> we'll see what we how get far we yeah. get obviously we spent a good amount of time on verse one last week we might take a break next week yeah we might take a break next week so not because we need a break from romans of course but yeah but just to shake things up yeah yeah it's good to shake things up so just before we start, a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, first of all, I was looking around for some articles or something to kind of lead into today and just kind of talk about nothing <laughs> stuck out to me at all. And honestly, yeah. like, uh, there was a bunch of school ones, right? Parents mm. protesting what's going on in schools, politicians and those in power saying parents don't know how to parent their, parent children. their children. We do it better. Yeah. So... I feel like I say get your kids out of government schools every week, and I feel like I didn't need to say it this week, but get your kids out of government schools. Um, <laughs> also, on a more depressing note, you know, I've been very vocal about how great of a sports year, calendar year I've been having, and I took two losses this week. One of them is a brutal loss. The, the <laughs> Kentucky-Auburn loss, Auburn's number one in the country. Kentucky was on the road. They lost two of their best players, mm. one for pretty much the entire game and one for a good 10 to 12 minutes of the game while he's getting checked for a concussion. So, like, when Ty Ty went out, our best player, we were up by, like, nine. So we were in control of the game, playing really well. He went out, offense went, went to poo. Ooh. And, you know, so it is what it is. Actually didn't drop us in the polls. Everything's fine. No one cares about this. I'm going to vent anyway, though. We didn't drop in the post. They didn't punish us for losing that game. We're fine. But the Packers was a brutal loss. Absolute choke job by my favorite to? football team. The San Francisco 49ers. Hmm. Um, love losing to California teams. Just, oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, it just gets you right. Just everything out of California upsets me. So it just, you know. That was rough. That was a, that was a brutal <laughs> loss, man. I, I boycotted the first game Sunday, because normally I'll watch them all, just, especially playoff time. It's fun. It's yeah. good football, good TV. And I boycotted the first game, just out of principle. I hope they felt it. Like I hope the ratings, just they, looking, they knew oh, that Brad wasn't watching. Brad's not watching this game, because he's angry. Upset. Apparently it was a good game. The second game last night, though, was unreal. Uh, Chiefs and Bills were just it was an unreal game. Yeah, uh, we watched the last quarter at a bowling are. alley, and... Best quarter of football I've probably ever watched. It was incredible. Oh, wow. Yeah. So anyway, I'm depressed this weekend over the, over the, over the sports, but uh, otherwise, it's been a good week. Austin, how's your week been? Um, it's been pretty good. Uh, we're try- trying to get back to normal life and uh, uh, trying to deal with sickness. Still trying to figure out what's going on there. And but we're here. We're here. And uh, asking the Lord, what does He want us to do? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of lot of big talks and mm-hmm. big decisions and big things kind of coming down the pike. So yeah, again, just eventually we'll have some news. I don't know, whatever God wants. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So let's dive back into Romans twelve. We obviously last week we did Romans twelve one and spent the whole time talking about that and and led to a lot of good conversations. I hope you guys get a chance to go listen to it if you haven't yet. It is. Pretty in-depth, like I said, just on one verse. And and we did. We kind of went on a couple rabbit trails that aren't necessarily specifically in the verse, but they were conversations that that verse brings about and and can apply to and can apply to. And that's one of the big things that we want to do, to be able to spark these kind of conversations. We want to be rooted in Scripture, but again, trying to spur Christians to get deeper in their faith, to ask deeper questions, move from milk two solid foods and to be able to chew and digest that food so yeah that's what we're trying to do here well and to do so with humility with grace with the ability to not get angry about an opinion that's not yours and vice versa right and then be able to give your opinion thoughtfully and without being offensive to people and and, you know it's a lot of some of interpretation is opinion the bible isn't a hundred percent black and white on all these issues yeah so 
there are there is room for interpretation, mm-hmm. and that's just what we're doing. We're we're showing you or, or discussing the scripture the way we believe it was meant to be discussed, and, yeah. and it w- the purpose for it was written. That's the whole key is find out why it was written at the time it was written. Yeah, and we've said it so many times, and so maybe we shouldn't say as much, but again, trying to stay humble. We know we don't know everything. We know that. But we are always right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to Oh, wait, no, far. we're not. <laughs> Golly. But no, like going back to Corinthians where it says our understanding comes from the Spirit, Spirit within us. So continuing and praying as hard as we can, Lord, give us your understanding. So that as we go through this, again, yeah, we're not just coming at it based on, oh, well, I think it says this. It's like, no, it, it says this. So... Once it says it, how do we put it into practicality? Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead. We're just, I'm going to read Romans 12, verse 2. Actually, I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. 1 and 2, yeah. And we're going to dive into verse 2. But uh, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There's a lot in there. <coughs> right so off many, the bat. And so many implications in verse 2. Oh, yeah. I mean, each little phrase, each little section yep. of this verse have so many implications just on their own. Yeah. So, do not be conformed to this world. Phrase 1. Phrase 1. And let's there is a but at the end of it. Like, a, here's what you do instead. But let's just start with, do not be conformed to this world. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? What's that mean? Well, that's a good question. So I and I love it being able to pour over this with my wife and just to talk about it. You know, go go scripture to scripture, be like, all right, what does what does this mean? And so yeah, right off the bat, do not be conformed to this world. <laughs> Basically, everything we've been talking about, um, the desires that your body wants, it is of the world. So let Christ make you into a new creation, and it, it goes into don't. Do not look like this world. We are to look like Christ and show that to the world. Uh, it doesn't matter what they think of you. It matters what they think of Christ. And, and I, I like to tell people that a lot. When, when we're discussing this topic with people, it's, I, I, I really don't care what people think about you. I don't care what they see about you as a person. I, I care about what they think of the king to, to whom both of us serve. And... And that's such the big part of it. I'm like, if you are claiming the name of Christ, you need to be showing people Christ. And again, that's what we're called to do. We are called to be holy as Christ is holy. And if we are living a life that looks more like the world than Christ, then we're not showing the world Christ. And these Christians, um, by name, are conforming to the world. And that's what that's what it is. So... You you are you're, you're becoming Jesus. You're you're becoming more like Jesus. So his love, yes, you are loving people in a way that Christ did. But the that's where I think a lot of Christians veer off. Where it is all about the love. It is all about the peace. It is, and it leads into that acceptance. But you need to realize and remember the strictness that Jesus had. So much so that. All these uh, these old commandments, Jesus made them stricter. As in, okay, uh, thou shalt not murder. Now he says, if you have hatred in your heart of a brother, you have committed murder. The Old Testament, thou sh- uh, don't commit adultery. And then Jesus says, if you have thought of a woman in that way, you have already committed it. So the strictness that Jesus brings, we need to be bringing that as well. And again, that leads into the whole <laughs> judging but as Christians, and and again, we are speaking to believers. Correct. From believer to believer, it is our job to judge each other. It is our job to keep each other accountable. And if if you cannot take that as a Christian to another Christian, if you can't take that accountability, then there are some other issues. And it, I would even reach out to say that your love is shallow. And I, I say that convictingly, too, because in the years past, being... Uh, confronted by other people saying, hey, um, I, I see you're doing this, and you, you get upset. Why do you get upset? You're like, oh, well, why are you calling me out? Why, why are you judging me? And basically, which we'll talk about here in a little bit too, but like the the whole mentality of, oh, well, you don't know my heart. 
it's like, well, true, but I, I see your actions. And right. by your actions, you're you're not living a godly life. And it it it, it reminds me of a verse in John and, and and it's paraphrased a little bit, but the, it basically is saying that we are still in this world, but we're not of this world. Yes. <laughs> right? And so there is a little bit of a duality in this. And I'm in the world. I know what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. I I have a basic understanding of current events. Like, I don't know. I think it does mean that you have an idea of what's happening around you. You're not completely shut off. You're not completely closed down to what's happening around you. Yeah. But you're also not participating in it either. Right. right? And so you're, you're, yeah, I watched the game last night, but I also didn't do it at the detriment of my relationship with God. Like, it's not... Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you're able to have interactions with those who do not believe and participate in events and things and activities that aren't necessarily Christian or religious mm-hmm. in nature or, or whatever. Well, and, and Paul says that in one of his letters when he's addressing sexual immorality, talking to believers to believers saying, hey, if you have a believer among you that is performing and doing this sexual immorality, you're not to even eat with them. And he makes that contrast saying, I, I'm talking about believers. I'm right. not talking about unbelievers. Because if you were not to have anything to do with sexual immoral people, you would have to leave this world. Right. So he's like, I'm not talking about unbelievers. Be with them, uh, share Christ with them, right? But I'm talking about believers. Yeah, yeah. So, so I just I don't see the Bible advocating necessarily for a closed off, shut in, me against the world mentality. Right. I see it as a yeah, we're going to interact with the world, and we're going to interact with people who are not believers. First of all, we're supposed to like we're called to do that. Yes. But we're also not to engage in the sexual immorality, in mm-hmm. the idolatry, in the minor thing, quote unquote minor things, the gossip, the slander, the foul language, this, whatever it is, whatever you fill the blank in with a quote-unquote small sin, that is that is what we're to be set apart from, and that's yes. what we're supposed to be an example for. They're supposed to look at you and say, wow, there's something different here. Yes. Like, yeah, we could talk about the Green Bay game, or we could talk about the, the, the Chiefs game, but man, there's still something else there. Like, that, yeah. I can tell it's not the most important thing to him, or yep. I can tell that... <laughs> Yeah, he's frustrated by his team, but also he didn't throw something through a window, or he didn't cuss, or he didn't... I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, there's a difference between how you interact with the world and how unbelievers interact with the world. Yeah. And say, take your workplace. Um, You're working in this place where you're doing your normal thing. Okay, you're working. Yeah. Do your coworkers know that you're a Christian? And not just by way of, yeah, I've said I'm a Christian, but uh, that's it. That they've seen the way you have reacted in certain situations. They've seen the way you talk to people, to yeah. them. Yeah. And if you're going years and then all of a sudden a conversation comes up from somebody else and you, you interject and your coworkers are like, oh, wait, you're a Christian? I didn't know that. You have some really big so, issues going on. A couple of, a couple of stories here or illustrations here from my own personal life. I had a friend who was a professing Christian you know, claimed Christ, and her and her boss got into a car, uh, into her car to go to lunch or something during work, and Way FM, which is our local uh, Christian radio station, or one of them here, Way FM was on, and it was playing, you know, worship music, or whatever contemporary Christian music was on, and the boss goes, oh, I never would have thought you would listen to this. And she was she was actually proud of that. She was like, yeah, you know, he, he was surprised. That's pretty cool. I'm like, that's no, that's not, not cool. Like, thing. yeah. That's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. Like, they need to be surprised if you turn your car on and Eminem is on or whatever Kid Cudi. I don't know. All these rappers that I don't know who they are anymore. I'm old at this point, apparently. (laughs) Lil Baby and The Baby and whatever. But they should be surprised if that stuff is coming through your speakers. Yes. And then on the other side of things, I we make no qualms about our shortcomings and we know our shortcomings and we'll be honest about them here. Yeah. So... When I say this, is not in a braggy sort of way, but like I've, I'll let an act, a word slip out in frustration at work. These people are with me forty to fifty hours a week. Yeah, they're gonna see you slip up. Yeah, like it's impossible not to. Like it's gonna happen. But the reaction I got was, "Oh, I've never heard you say that." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was surprising. <clears throat> like shouldn't have said it. Granted, don't get me wrong, but it's still like, oh, okay. At least they know that I'm different on some yeah. level because they're like, oh, that took me off guard. He know he doesn't normally say that. Something he must really be upset or he yeah. must really be frustrated about something. Yeah, because that's just not normal. Right. So 
that's kind of both sides of it. Is like it should not surprise people to know you're a Christian. Yes. And then when they see you messed up because they're going to, it, mm-hmm. it should catch them off guard. It should catch them. I there is. Uh, <laughs> I was working corrections, so working in a jail, and it was actually my last day there. And uh, me and another in or me and another uh, coworker or another corrections officer, we had to take one of these guys down to the ground because he was being combative. And it took both of us to take him down because he he was a pretty muscly guy. And I, I've I've had a pretty good rapport with him because again, working there for a while, and he he was in there for a while, and he he knew me. He he knew that I was a believer. We we talked about scripture, and we were taking him to the ground. And he was fighting, and I I yelled and I as I'm. I threw a word out there. Granted, I I used it purposefully, um, <laughs> and, and someone argued justifiably. I, I mean, yeah, from sure. the worldly perspective, from a worldly perspective, yeah, I I didn't want to, but at the time I used it, and he stopped. He stopped. And he was on he was on the floor. His belly was on the floor, and he whirled his head back at me. He's like, loop. <laughs> <laughs> and my my coworker looked, and he's like, dang. <laughs> And I looked him like, dude, chill the heck out. He's like, all right. So we got him up, we got him back into booking, and we, we were talking to him. And on our way back, we we he calmed down. We brought him back to his his cell, and he's like, Loop, I never heard you talk like that before. I'm like, well, did you listen? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, well and, and I, I'm like, please forgive me. I I I do not use that language purposefully. I do not use it. Yeah. He's like, I no. And it was cool because he was like, I'm sorry, I brought it out of you. I'm like, well, thank you. I appreciate right. that. Yeah, it should always. It, it just should. It should catch people off guard. Now, it's not going to catch your wife off guard who you live with constantly. Like, you know oh, what I mean? If I said something like that, okay, that would. She might slap me. <laughs> okay, that would. That would catch her. But you know what I mean? Like yep. the people you live with and the the people you're closest to should know you well enough to know. Okay, he's going to struggle here. He's going to yep. have this issue. But they also know that you're trying not to. Working like you're, on you're it. working on it, and you're not trying to be conformed to the world. You're not trying to look like everybody else. You're yeah. trying to stand out and be different. Yes. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Yes. So. Okay. Any more thoughts on not being conformed to this world? I mean, I have a lot more, but ah, go I, ahead. Think, I think we're good. You think we're good? I think All we're right. good. Yeah. So we'll, we'll move on. So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So transformed. So how does becoming a new creation start? By the renewal of your mind. Uh, saturating your mind with scripture and prayer. And it, it's all day, every day. Looking at the transformed. So in ESV, it, it is transformed. Or in the Greek is where we get the word for metamorphosis or meta, metamorpho. Matthew uses it in, in the, the book of Matthew when he is describing the transfiguration of Christ. So when Christ is on Mount, Mount Carmel and his, his appearance is transfigured, his inner godliness was coming out. And it was he basically showing who he truly was. We are called to do that, not on a uh, what? What's that guy's name? Basically, God reveals who you truly are. Oh, Stephen Furtick. Stephen Furtick. Yeah. yeah, not not that side. It's you are supposed to reveal who is inside of you, as in Christ, the Holy Spirit. You are to be transformed to be more like Christ. Right. Okay. And in that, gearing that more towards your mind, because yes, we are talking about. Not being conformed to the world, not looking like the world. We're to be transformed to look like Christ. But now we're talking about our mind. Okay, transforming our mind. And we're to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. So what does that look like? Looking at scripture, looking at your prayer life, if you're only reading your Bible like five to ten minutes a day, okay, you're, you're doing your one, maybe two prayers a day, and yet you're feeding your fleshly desires five to ten hours out of the day. What is being saturated? Your flesh or your spirit? So to truly renew the mind, according to scripture, you must spend more time in scripture and prayer than your fleshly desires. And that's all of us. That's me. I don't spend as much time in scripture, that, nowhere near the time that I, I want to. Right. And, and again, that's I'm working on that. I'm making that a habit. I want to be of that mindset of I am saturating my my mind and my spirit more so than I am my flesh. If you know anything about gut health, it's the basic same premise. In your gut, you have good bacteria and you have bad bacteria. 
when your body is craving uh, sugar, when it's craving soda, when it's craving candy, when it's craving all these this junk, that is the bad bacteria overwhelming the good bacteria, yelling at you in this roar saying, we want this. Right. And then the good bacteria is screaming, no, you want healthy food. <laughs> but the roar is so loud from yeah. the 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 bad bacteria that your body is going to go towards the junk. And it's the exact same premise as your flesh and your spirit. Your flesh literally hates God. Your flesh, it says, is at war with the spirit. And if you are listening to your spirit because you are feeding your spirit more, or no, I said that wrong. If you are listening to your flesh because you're feeding your flesh more, how are you able to listen to God? How are you able to do what he wants you to do because you are not renewing your mind. You're not feeding the spirit the way it needs to be. Now, that's not saying feeding the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. You don't need to feed him. He is who he is. But your spirit, the part of you that is supposed to win against the flesh, that's what we're talking about. So so this verse specifically, 12.2, is one of the reasons why I brought this podcast idea to you in the first place all those months ago, yeah. almost a year ago. Almost a year ago, yeah. And it's that renewal of your mind, be transformed by the renewal of your mind that really f- caught me and caught my attention as it pertains to doing this doing this podcast and yeah. then doing whatever we're doing in the future moving forward and whatever I'm going to decide, you know, whatever God has for me in the future. I do believe this verse plays a pivotal role in that. Yeah. Because it's being transformed by the renewal of your mind. And it goes exactly with what you're saying with studying scripture, Mm -hmm. studying his word, studying who he is, who you are in him, who you're not, (laughs) you know? Yeah. That's important too, who you are not. It's going deeper than just cursory reading the scripture, than just opening the Bible and just like reading, what's today's date, the the 24th, reading Proverbs 24. Right. Saying a quick prayer and then going on about your day. Yes. Like you can check it off the list. It goes beyond that. It's studying. Yeah. It's using other resources. It's grabbing a commentary and seeing what John MacArthur or Henry, what's his name? Matthew Hen- Matthew Henry? I don't know. Okay. Spurgeon or Matt yeah. Walsh. Or, it's yeah. Yeah. What does Spurgeon say? What what does C.S. Lewis Walsh. think? Not Matt Walsh. Not He's, Matt Walsh. I mean, Paul he's Washer. funny. I Paul like Washer. Matt Walsh. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't have any comments. But yeah, Paul Washer, what what do these people have to say about it? go back to Augustine, go back yep. to Thomas Aquinas, go back look, to these these Look names. at the old Puritans, look at the old uh reformists. Yeah. Uh, th- their their writings are impeccable. Yeah, Martin Luther, John Calvin. Mm-hmm. And and people of that ilk like go and and dive into some of their stuff. Now, granted, Martin Luther, John Calvin, Spurgeon, C.S. Lewis, there's heavy stuff there. Yeah. Stuff's hard to read. Yes. I'm reading on Anselm right now, an apologist from the Middle Ages. Yeah. I lived in like the 11th century, okay. I believe. Yeah. Okay. And when I'm reading his actual words, I got to read it three or four times. Oh, yeah. Because it, it's not in pro- it, current English. It's Actually, it wasn't English. written in English. It was written in Latin. Yeah. So they're translating it to English. Usually into old English. Yeah, yeah. translated to Latin to old English and into it's just, modern English. And it's, it's, still old. it's tough. Like, it's tough to, to grapple with. And you have yeah. to read it a couple times. And yeah. you have to pay attention mm-hmm. to what you're reading, right? But it is so enriching. It is so helpful to be rooted, okay? it, it The reason why, for me, with apologetics and why that's where I'm kind of pursuing right yeah. now is this idea that we as a church, big church, big C, specifically the western church. Yeah. Don't know scripture. Yeah. We don't. We we we're lazy. It's it we're lazy and it's it's why those like Stephen Furtick and Benny Hinn and Joel Osteen have such huge followings because we're relying on them to yep. give us the scripture. Well, yeah, they and they're not teaching the scripture. The people in the churches hear what they're saying and they're eating it up. Sounds good. Because they don't know what the word actually says. And I'm sure there is some <laughs> truth, and this is how Satan works, there is some truth sprinkled in to to keep it palatable. Yeah. To keep it to where people can say, okay, I might have a little issue, but he said this and this is good. Yeah. So like, he's going to say stuff that's good. I mean, gosh, the guy preaches every week. He's going to say something yeah. good. Yeah. Joel Osteen's going to say something good. They are using the Bible. And some but... truth is going to sneak out somehow. Yep. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> but it it's why they have such a big following, because mm-hmm. we don't know. So why am I pursuing this? To figure out what small role I can play in changing that. Yes. 
granted, it might just be for the 75 people that listen to this. It might just be for the 200 people at our church. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. But I want to do my part to say, hey, we need to become biblically literate. Yes. And we need to be re- transformed by the renewal of our minds. Say, I'll bring it back. By the renewing of go. our minds. There you go. And know and understand scripture. Because mm-hmm. what, what's happening? Kids are leaving youth group. They're going to a state college. They're getting te- Their faith is getting tested day one. Yes. And day two, they're like, I don't believe any of this anymore. It's stupid. Yep. yep. That's exactly what's happening. And it's because they're not grounded. Yep. They're not rooted. And they'll they'll make they'll they'll say go one of two ways. They will say I don't believe this anymore. I'm done, and just leave altogether. Or they will go to a mega church style place that just waters everything down and doesn't yes. preach the truth. Yeah. And they'll say, okay, well, I'm still going to church, so I still believe, but like I don't have to change anything, and I can do how live how I want. Yeah. So it, it's they're they're getting hit immediately with pushback. Yeah. On all fronts. And it's happening in high schools and middle schools and elementary schools. It's happening. Yep. Any public state-run school, they're getting hit with that your truth is not truth. Yep. Everyone else's truth is fine, but yours is wrong. Yours Specifically, is wrong. yours is wrong. Yes. And they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Because we are failing at teaching them this. We're failing yep. at renewing our minds. We're failing at teaching people, hey, this is what the scripture says, and this is how you live your life. And hey, let's get it to a point where when you go to college... Or when you're out of college, or, or wherever you are in your in your life, age wise, or, or in your walk with the Lord, you can stand up to the people who say, "Hey, you're wrong. Here's why." No, no, no. Here's why I believe it. Right. And all it does is solidify your faith. Yeah. Blood yeah. pressure's up a little bit. <laughs> no, definitely. And again, looking at at these kids that they grow up in the youth groups and stuff like that, they're they're being fed milk and they never are given real food. Even the churches I've been in, there there was one I was too young. To get there, I was super excited to get into the youth group because everything I saw that this Chip Dean, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a shout out. I, man, I wish I was able to get under this guy, but I was I was too young to get there. Um, but my brother and my older sister were, and uh, just this guy was on fire for God, and he was going through Romans. He was doing these in depth studies. He wasn't doing milk. He was giving these guys, these these young women and men the true meat and he he was trying to give them this and we don't have guys like that in church anymore we don't have anybody that is willing to try to build these young men and women up or let me let me me throw this at you too and this has been my experience in a few churches i've been in where i've me personally or i've seen people do it where we've tried to do this but we're met with resistance from the youth pastor or just or the, from church the, pastor, in general. Or the church in general. Yes. Or maybe they're saying, okay, go ahead and try it. And the second some a kid or or a student says, I don't like this or this is yeah, boring, this we got to scrap fun. it. Yeah. And that's it because most churches, they they focus and they're like, okay, let's do a, a 10, minute, 10 minute study, maybe 10 minutes, 15 at, at most. And then we'll go out and we'll play and we'll have fun. And sorry for the dog. And I, I get it. Yep. Kids, they have short attention spans. Sure. But we are supposed to be teaching and leading and guiding these young young souls to God. They want it. They, they want the truth. They want to go deeper. I guarantee you, you might have a few that don't and a few that say whatever. But I bet you, more often than not, you you start bringing these deeper truths into this, they're going to engage. Yeah. And they're going to be there. And they'll be like, okay, this is different. This is cool. Yeah. Let's stick with this. And yeah, we can have some fun. But yeah. hey, let's... What does the Bible really say? Yeah. Let's and they, shore this up. Let's they make it need solid. more. They need more. Not just a 30 to maybe 45-minute sermon once a week. And then the rest is all just, just music. They need scripture. They need this in-depth study of God's word. And it is so important. And like Brad was saying, that there's a big difference between reading scripture and studying scripture. Reading is something you're supposed to be doing every day. That That is, it's a good thing to be reading scripture every day to be in God's word. But there is such a difference in studying to truly looking at these words being like, what does this mean? And uh, the some of these guys that I listen to, um, besides, you know, John MacArthur, Alistair Begg, I listen to Paul Washer and Dale Partridge. These guys, Paul Washer has this habit and this practice to where uh, he, I was listening to one of his his sermons, and he's like, 
uh, my my wife was standing at the door when they were living in Peru, and basically like this this woman with a fiery sword. And whenever someone comes up to the door and says, hey, where's Brother Paul? And she'll look at him and be like, you know where he's at. He's in his study. And they're like, well, what is he doing? Well, he's studying the Word of God. And he will be in there until noon. And he will not come out. If you would like to come and I'll make lunch, you can eat lunch with him. But no one is going to disturb him. And he does that. He will be in his study studying the Word of God for copious amounts of time. Dale Partridge, he's like... I would love to give the time to do it every day, but I've allocated it to a couple times a day. And Friday is my time where I give five to eight hours of studying. And I'm like, man, I would love to do that. Especially now in my life, growing in scripture, growing in my, my walk with Christ. I'm like, all right, Lord, with my four kids and my wife, please give me the yeah, time absolutely. to study for heck, just three hours straight. That would be amazing. And and I love it to be able, to, and that's it, to be able to go through scripture and how do you study scripture, which we'll do an episode on that. You know, what kind of tools do we use? How do you study scripture in a way that one, you can understand it, but you can, you can actually teach it after that. Because again, we're called to do that as a father and a husband, as a man, I am called to be the priest of my home, but I'm also called to teach other people. And we, we can get into that. You know, how, how do you study the word? Do you look at commentaries? Do you listen to sermons, interlinear Bible, stuff like that? And uh, yeah, m- one day maybe we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just boils down to stop just scratching the surface. Stop dipping your toe in. Stop just kind of testing the water, jumping into the shallow end. Stop being okay with lukewarm. Because Di- yeah. what does God say? He will spit you out. Dive in to the deep end of this. And yeah. and I don't think either one of us are saying you have to set aside the no. first eight hours of your day to scripture no. studying. And, I want to I do I mean, it'd that. be cool if we could, but, yeah, but, but I, obviously that's not realistic. Yeah, It's finding practical ways to do this. Yes. All right? It's maybe instead of watching three shows a night, you watch two. I, I'm not saying like you have... I'm just saying yep. like maybe you just unwind for two episodes of whatever show and the rest of the time you're spending studying. Maybe it's... Yeah. Listening to sermons instead of listening to music. Listening yeah. to someone reading the Bible to you instead of yeah, that's whatever. a great yeah, it, that's a great it, idea. While you're cooking dinner, I don't know. Find practical ways to integrate it into your life, and you'll start to realize you start to crave it a little bit more, and a little bit more. Yeah, to the point where like, oh, you look up and it's I haven't watched any television today. I've been doing this. Yep. For me right now, I'm doing reading. Some of it's for school, some of it's not. But I'm doing reading while I'm at work. When we're slow, we're in slow season right now. Yeah. So I'm sitting behind my desk and I'm just like, I have nothing to do right now. <laughs> so I'm yep. gonna read and I'm gonna dive into some things. I'm I'll listen to a sermon, I'll listen to a podcast, I'll do something. Again, finding practical ways to to integrate this into your life. Yeah. St- I mean, I, you know, the, start small. Start yes. start start with something easy. Start with some you know something modern, something a light read, an easy read. And then start building in from there. It doesn't have to be all in at once, I don't think, right? Like, it doesn't right. have to be, I'm going to wake up a monk tomorrow. Like, right. No, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. Well, so, uh, a good practice. So, Warrior Poet Society, if anyone's ever heard of that before. Uh, I follow them. And one of the main guys, he he brought this, which made so much sense, of making habits and not goals. Okay. Uh, be, again, that that's a big topic beginning of the year. It's like, all right. You make this goal of, I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to finish reading the Bible in a year. You make your plan to read the Bible in a year. And he's like, that's that's a great, that's a great goal, but it's not practical because life happens. Yeah. But what you need to do is make habits. It is easier to continue with a habit once you've made it one. So you want your, you want to read your Bible every day. Okay. Start with five minutes. Yeah. Say, I am going to read for five minutes. If you get through a chapter, cool. If you don't, you have read for five minutes. Next day, five minutes. Do that for one month. Once you have done a month, you will find it easier to be reading it every day. And you can increase it after that. Right. And again, like we're saying, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't need, that's the thing. It doesn't, it sounds like we're contradicting ourselves a little bit, but that's the thing. It doesn't need to it stay, has to it can't start stay at five minutes. Right. Right. It, has to, it can start at five minutes. It can't stay there. Because we we did say, are you only doing, are you five, only doing five minutes? Are you reading? Yep. Proverbs 24, and that's it. Yeah. Like, we are saying that. Yes. However, especially if you're starting from scratch. Yes. Start with five minutes. Do do the baby steps. Start, form those habits. Yeah. And then it'll grow. And I promise you, from experience, 
you will start to want to go deeper and yes. want to do more. Because yes. it just gets in you, right? Like it's just it's something inside you can't. There's an itch you can't scratch at Your that point. Your spirit, yeah. the spirit is calling to God and. That is your hunger. That is what it's coming from. And your flesh is over here scr- kicking and screaming, saying, no, so is Satan. And that's where <laughs> it becomes so important. When, when you talk about the renewal of your mind, and you talk about how this ties into that, because it really does. Yes. When you fail, when you miss a day, when you wake up and it's been a couple days since you've read, because life has happened, or because you have been tempted and gone, gone to something else. Yeah. Get back up, dust yourself off, talk to God about it. Yeah. And move on. Yes. Because here, here, for me, not only with Bible reading, but for something like the gym. I hate working out with a passion. If you yeah. look at me, you can tell that. <laughs> I hate it. If you see me try to hang drywall and I'm sore the next day, like there's, there's a reason for that. So <laughs> when I miss one day, I'm like, okay, I'll go tomorrow. It's fine. Well, then tomorrow comes. I'm like, you know what? It's, it's, I'll start back on Monday. Like, I'll just take the weekend. I'll start back on Monday. Yeah. Well, then Monday comes, and you're like, well, I mean, you know, I'm fine. Like, I didn't do it the last few days. I'm all right. And, it, and it, you wake up, and it's been two months. Yeah. And you haven't worked out, or you haven't read your Bible. It's so easy to just give in and yeah. just say, eh, whatever. It's fine. Or, on the other side of it, it's really easy to be so dogmatic about it and so legalistic about it mm-hmm. that when you do fail, you beat yourself up over yeah. it. Yeah. And that's not what we want either. Right. That's not it. That's not grace. That's not mercy, right? Like, yeah, hey, I should have read. Not, I am a miserable, horrible human being. Woe we is me. Woe worms. is me. Which <laughs> is true, but <laughs> it is true on a big level. Yeah, but, yeah. like, just in this moment, that's not what we want. We don't need yeah. that guilt. Realize you are still a son or a daughter of the king. Right. Yeah. And say, okay, Lord, please forgive me. Dust I, choose, I choose this day to serve you. So get back, let's in get it. back into yeah. it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And again, it all goes back to that phrase, transformed by the renewal of your mind, because the more time you spend in this, the deeper you go, the more people you read, the more sources you have, coupled with the word, with the word being the main one, of course. Yes. Everything tested by that. Scriptural. Everything tested by the word. The better you will be able to stand up against any attack that comes your way, whether that is an attack on your faith, like explicitly, mm-hmm. an attack on your faith from life circumstances where like something happens, it's not fair, my faith is shaken. Sickness, death, stuff like that, yeah. Anything that attacks your faith on any level, you'll be able to say, okay, this sucks, but like I'm okay and I still believe this book. Yes. I'm pointing to a commentary. I'm not that's not what I mean. <laughs> the <This> Bible book. <laughs> scripture. Now you're just pointing at a I'm computer. I'm just pointing at my computer screen now because that's where my, my Bible is at the moment. <laughs> the internet. But yeah. again, it makes a world of difference. And that is where I'm sure you, hopefully you hear it in me. That's where I've just become so passionate in the mm-hmm. last year is this. Yeah. And making this a tool for somebody. Yeah. I don't know who. I don't know who. Yeah. God. Somebody. Whoever God wants Even if it's it, just it's for there. me, I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Well, and, and with that, it's such a cool thing. Just this, this past year, being able to do this. It is amazing how much you learn when teaching. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing. And I thank God to be able to, again, we're, we're studying. We're looking at this. We're looking at, we're reading commentaries. We're, we're listening to sermons. We're like, all right, Lord, give me your understanding. And the difference, again, between reading and studying, we're studying through this, and just the amount of wisdom and knowledge I'm getting out of this from from Scripture, but the, the application side of it, too, has been such a blessing. The richest time I've ever had with God just throughout my life has been when I'm in some sort of role where I'm doing some sort of teaching. Yeah. Because I want to make sure I'm doing it justice, and I'm giving it the time it deserves. And that is because you're doing what God wants you to do. Yeah. And, the, and it goes back to, yeah, renewing your mind. And once you're doing that, God will use you. And when you are fulfilling your role, and especially as men, we have the role of leadership. We are meant to lead the church. We're meant to lead. And we are when we're fulfilling that role, God will bless you with that. Such, such an important role. Again, not excluding the women, because you guys have such an important role as well. I mean, just... Again, studying scripture with my wife, there there are things that she shows me that I'm like, oh, I did not see that, and it is it is so cool. It is such a benefit to me. Well, and and doing this also 
eliminates the excuse that the Bible is boring. Yeah. Right? Because yep. you're like... It's only boring if you let it be. It's only boring if you let it be and if you don't dive in. Yeah. Right? If you scratch the service, you get into Leviticus or Numbers and you start reading the genealogy. Like, this is terrible. <laughs> I ain't doing this. Shut the book. Now I like it. <laughs> right. It, well, now Austin likes it. I'm still not quite there because I'm not <laughs> as big of a history guy as he is. Uh, but yeah. yeah. It, but it is, though. It does. It makes the Bible less, quote-unquote, boring. Yeah. Right? It gives you, it, you get that passion, you get that desire to dive in, to know more, to learn more, get into language. I never thought I would want to study Greek, and yet here we are, I'm thinking of taking a Greek class at some point. Like, it just, you know, starting yeah. to get into these deeper issues. And it does. It, it provides excitement. You know, one of my professors, when I was initially in Bible college, uh, before I dropped out of the first the first time, I've only dropped out once, not like, anyway. <laughs> before I, the first go around in Bible college, you know, he wrote his dissertation on the book of Hebrews. You know, a dissertation for your PhD is hundreds and hundreds of pages. It, it's a book. Like, you're writing a book, essentially. But based on Hebrews? But based on the book of Hebrews. I... That sounds that sounds And he Okay. <laughs> he said, you know, I did this dissertation ten years ago. Yeah. Got my PhD ten years ago. And yet every time I read Hebrews, I still learn something yes. new. Something yeah. still pops out to me that I never considered. And it's because could, the Bible is living and active, he could sharper probably, than any two edged sword. Yeah, he could probably add a couple hundred extra pages. He to could. That and, and I guarantee my man could recite the book of Hebrews based on how much he has had to study it, especially for a dissertation. Yeah. And yet he still finds something new every time he reads it. Every time he preaches on it, whatever the case is, he still finds something new that he hadn't thought of before. Yeah, you would think for someone like him, it'd be so easy if he's a pastor. I think he's a pastor now. To when he gets to Hebrews and his sermon plans for the year or whatever, whenever he jumps into Hebrews, where he could just phone it in and say, "I have all this material. Wow, I can just grab this and read it, and that's my sermon." Yeah, that's not what he does. Like he dives back into Hebrews and is pulling new stuff out that's because awesome. the Bible's living and active. Yeah, so it takes away the boredom excuse when yeah. you dive in and when you start letting it renew your mind yeah i'm gonna keep making sure we get it back to renew in your mind yes 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 <laughs> so let's go on to the next yeah. phrase yeah so do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of god yes that by testing that by testing so esv esv uses testing when you look at uh, different translations like uh, King James and such like that, they have more of a a closer definition in its prove, that by proving you may discern. And I, I like this a little bit better. So in Greek, in the Greek, that word is, might not, I'm, I'll botch it, but <laughs> dokamadzo or dokamadzo. It is to put to the test, to prove or to examine. Going based on the premise that you have already renewed your mind with Scripture, you know what his word says in that you're able to look at life through the lens of the word or the logos. And what his will is will be easier to discern. Now, I, I want to go back to prove a little bit. When, when you read that in the, ESV, in the ESV, it's that by testing you may discern. When you look at prove, I think it paints a little bit of a better picture. And looking at it from Christian to Christian. Again, once you've renewed your mind, you're in scripture and you're living your life for Christ, we are to prove that we are Christ's, that we are living our life for him to not just the world, but to other believers. And that's where we as Christians are to hold each other accountable to each other. We are to prove to the world to whom we serve and to who lives inside of us being Christ. Uh, when, when Christians are being confronted with sin or abhorrent behavior by other Christians, uh, a lot of the, or some of the defense, I guess, I have heard is basically, you don't know my heart. And yes, you're right. I don't know your heart. Christ does. God does. But I know your actions. I see your actions. I see the way you're living. And as a brother in Christ, as a, as a brother speaking to a brother or a brother speaking to a sister, I am saying your life does not show it. So it's our jobs as brothers and sisters in Christ to hold each other accountable and to tell each other when we look like the world. Your actions need to match your changed heart, okay? And yeah, your changed heart, not just your heart, because we know our heart is evil and wicked. Our actions are supposed to reflect the Holy Spirit, Christ inside of us. And if you are seeing a brother that is living like the world, that's our job to go to him and say, hey... I love you. That's why I'm coming to you and saying, you're not 
looking like, like Christ. You're looking like the world. And when, when they come back at you and say, well, you don't know my heart. I, I, I believe in stuff like that. It's like, yes, I, I know. I hear you say it, but I don't see you live it. And, and for me, it goes back to that prove. Are you proving that you are Christ? Are you proving that you're following him, not just to the world, but also to your brothers and sisters in Christ? And that is not where I went with that part of, of <laughs> yeah. this. And that no, it's, and it's great because I think I think where we both went go hand in hand. So I go at it from a somewhat logical standpoint. Yeah. I look, I think of the Bereans yes. in this scenario where everything where Paul was saying great, he was complimenting the Bereans. He said everything I've said, they go behind and they check it based on scripture and they see if it lines up. And that is what we're supposed to do. And so when we're renewing our minds and we're discerning what the will of God is, what is good and what is acceptable and what is perfect, we are taking every in, every piece of information we get, everything that comes in through our five senses, every little data point, and we, are try, we need to look at it through the lens of Scripture. Look at it through the lens of God's standard. Yes. Right? Way easier said than done. I, I promise you I'm not, ta- I'm not talking from a high, a place of haughtiness or... or Whatever, I'm not on a high horse here. Like, it is way easier said than done. But ideally, every piece of information you get needs to be filtered through Scripture. Whether that's determining an action. Is this action right or wrong? Is this word right or wrong? Is what this person is teaching from the pulpit right or wrong? Is what this commentator is saying about Scripture right or wrong? Does it match? Does it line up? Can you reconcile the two? Yeah. Every piece of information we get Every decision we make, every word we say, ideally gets filtered through Scripture. And how does that happen? How do we do that more and more? By diving into it, by renewing our minds, by not looking like the world. Yeah. That is how we do it. It's the only way it happens. You don't ace a test by not studying for it. Right. By not reading the material. Yeah. And some people probably do, but they're the worst. (laughs) I'm not one of those people. I am not one of those people. I can fail an open book test, right? Like if I get impatient enough, I get... But I'm just saying, we have to know it. We have to have the head knowledge. Only when we have head knowledge does it become heart knowledge and does it actually affect our lives. It's not going to affect our lives if we don't know it. It won't turn into a heart change unless we know it. Well, and it comes from obedience. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but are you obeying what you know is to be true? Right. And that's, that's the application. That's the part that starts and spurs the change. Again, you can have all the knowledge in the world. You could have the photographic memory of every scripture, but are you practicing and are you obeying? Yeah. Are you then making every decision through that filter, right. through that knowledge? Or are you just knowledge for knowledge's sake? Yep. What is it? Knowledge puffs up. Yep. Right? Oh, is, and that's the difference between reading and, and studying. Yeah. You've read it. You know it. But now have you studied it? Right. And have you let the heart change take effect to where everything you do is done through the filter and through the lens of Scripture? Yeah. That, that is, and, and I think, like I said, I think where Austin went and where I went, while they were somewhat different, end up meeting and are in the yeah. same, they come into the same place because it all boils down to, are you letting the Scripture, are you letting the renewal of your mind actually change your life and change your actions? Yeah. And again, yeah, once you, you've renewed your mind, once you have read the Scripture, you have let it change you. And you know it. When you make your plans, God will determine your footsteps and he will show you what he wants you to do. He will incline your ears to his will. Much like with Paul wanting to go to Asia. Him and a couple other brothers of his were wanting to go to Asia. They were wanting to reach people in Asia. And Jesus said, no, no, I have somewhere else for you to go. Don't go there. And they were making plans. They were they were wanting to go. They had the desire, the aspiration. But God said no. He led them somewhere else and in turn led them to Lydia and the jailer and saved both of their families. And they were inclined to God's will. They were one, they knew the scriptures, but they were inclined to his will. They they wanted what he wanted from them. And that's where we need to be. We need to yeah. be open to that and ready for that. And it yeah, that's so important. So For once you have renewed your mind and continue to do so, then the Lord will protect that. Uh, Real quick, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. Now, I'm going to read 8 through 9, and then I'm going to read 7. Uh, Maybe it'll help and make a little bit more sense. Uh, So Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, 
whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. If you are in the Word of God, if you are renewing your mind, God will protect that. God will protect what you have learned. He will allow those things to be recalled at the at the right time. And a lot of times as you're going through scripture, you're like, man, I don't know if I can remember all this stuff. But it is amazing just what God recalls when the the time calls for it. And it is very important. And really quick, kind of kind of pounding and beating the dead horse, but bringing it back to being conformed to the world. You know, you're renewing your mind. You are becoming more like Christ to not be like the world. And I want to go through some examples. I want to go through and name these things so that we're not just saying, yeah, don't look like the world, which is such a blanket statement and easy to say. But I want to step on our toes. Mine, Brad's, I want to step on yours. I want you to literally be thinking of these things. And I'm not saying these to you to hurt you. I'm not saying these to make you mad at me, but to to truly, as your brother in Christ, lovingly say, look, we we as brothers and sisters, need to be looking at this, thinking of this. And if we're renewing our mind, be helping each other with this. If you see something in my life, I want you to come to me. I do. I want you to come to me and, and tell me and show me and, and pray for me. And I just want to say, just as a but right before he, he's about to do this, right before he does this, just want to say, I reserve the right to, if he steps on my toes too much, to edit this whole thing out. <laughs> I will keep this part in and his explanation leading up to this so you know what got cut out. But you won't hear any but examples. But you won't hear any examples because I was not happy with what he said. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm totally kidding. I actually won't do that. <laughs> no, I won't. No promises. <laughs> a couple of these I kind of like to do bigger episodes on. So, but as of right now, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to read it out. Yeah, so just do it, it as a list for oh, time's yeah. sake. For time's sake. Yeah. <clears throat> so example one, the way we dress is the way you dress pleasing to God or has it been transformed by the worldly people around you? Is it self-serving, comfortable, and lazy? Do you dress the same way during the week as you do at church? What makes you different? What makes church different? What makes the Sabbath different versus Monday through Saturday. Not in the worldly sense being different to stand out, but in the sense of you are showing Christ in you. And I think that is such an important one. Today's day and age is, oh, be different, be be different, stand out. As Christians, yeah, we're supposed to stand out because we're supposed to look like Christ, but we're not to stand out and look different because of the sake of looking different. That's wrong. And again, just dress-wise, are you modest? Are you presentable as just a human being, but as a, a daughter or a son of the king? I mean, going back uh, medieval times, um, if you were part of the court, if you were part of the nobles, the uh, princess or prince or whatever, the dukes, you presented yourself accordingly because of your status, but because of your name or as an association with a name. And we've completely lost that. It is, again, being different for the sake of being different. But if you are a son or a, da- or a daughter of the king, you need to be presenting and dressing accordingly. Now, I, I am not telling you you need to be wearing completely showing or covering your neck, covering your toes type dresses and garments. But please cover your toes because you. Cover your you. toes. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, that, that I want to lead into... Uh, a topic. I want to lead into a podcast of that. So that might come at a different time. But again, just keeping mind. Example two, how we talk. Is the way you talk show to whom you serve? We're supposed to be different than the world. Do you curse, use obscenities, use foul language, foul jokes, crude or crass words? Would you speak this way to Jesus? Are you gossiping or using degrading words. And that's all. that could be a topic in itself as well. Um, in your workplace, are you entering into crude and crass jokes with your fellow coworkers? Are you using obscenities where 
when you walk into a church, you're not talking that way, but you talk that way at work. We need to be the same in church as we are in the world. And again, would you talk this way to Jesus? Would you say these jokes? Would you use this foul, crude language in front of the Son of the Most High God? And I guarantee the answer is no. I guarantee it. Even looking at Peter, looking at some of these guys that were sailors, you know, we look at the mantra of a sailor today, you know, oh, he curses like a sailor. Yeah, I, it doesn't say in scripture, but besides the fact that Peter was, was pr- a pretty rough guy, and you can only imagine the conversations that went on between Jesus and Peter. Now, granted, it doesn't it doesn't say that. It's just my mind leading to that, and just a good way to keep that in your mind. So, real quick, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So Christians, watch what you are saying. Watch the words that are coming out of your mouth. And again, not just curse words, but are are you gossiping? Are you with other brothers and sisters or just worldly people? Are you talking about your brothers and sisters in a non-productive and non-fruitful way? And the, again, that that I have that written down as a topic or I'm going to write it down, but we need to be very careful of that too, because that is a sin. Gossiping is a sin. Paul writes that out. Uh, example number three, what we watch. Are you watching all of the same shows and movies that the world is watching? Desensitizing your mind to garbage. Telling yourself as long as you just fast forward through certain parts, it's okay. Or you don't see an issue with any of those scenes in general. Or just because you're watching it, it doesn't mean that you're going to go out and do the same things that the show is inclining that you're watching. And which, that, that's a terrible excuse. Why is it a terrible excuse? How are you renewing your mind? By filling it with garbage, TV, videos, video games, etc. Again, going back to renewing your mind. If you are filling your mind with this this stuff, this garbage, how are you renewing it if, if you're filling it with this stuff? So... If everything that you are doing, saying, watching, and acting is not good and acceptable and perfect according to the will of God, then of what use is it and what is its purpose? Which, which that is the end of verse two. It is another hour on one verse. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, just think of this stuff. Pour over this stuff. So, I, I, again, I'm not saying this to hurt or to point out certain sins in you, but also ourselves, because as Christians, followers of Christ, followers of the Most High God, we have to look different. And if you don't look different, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, this, again, I was like, maybe we'll get through a few verses today, but we got through one. And I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah. Because I think it's a great conversation. I think hopefully this sparks some conversation between you and your families. Yeah. Uh, you and your your spouses, your kids, your dogs. Just talk to whoever you can talk to about. Pray, about talk some of this. to God about it. <laughs> uh, okay, yes, all right, Austin. Hey, no, I'm like, no, it's... I know, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, but hopefully this does spark some conversation yeah. and, and gets you to think and gets you to understand that hey, we need to educate ourselves. We need to dive deeper than just the surface and, and yeah. get into the depths of God's word because it is rich. Mm-hmm. And and very fruitful. So I'm going to leave us with what I posted on Facebook today uh, from from a uh, from the apologist uh, Anselm. I'm which, assuming I say his name, which correctly. he posted Monday. Which will this? Will oh come yes, out I did post Wednesday. two days ago. It's on yeah, Facebook. It's on Instagram. You'll see it. But this comes out Wednesday, so a couple days ago. Uh, but before I do, just run through this the little spiel, man. If you guys would like us. On Facebook, on Instagram, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. You can review us on Facebook, I believe, as well. That'd be kind of cool. Get a few of those on there. Really? I think you can. I don't know. I'll look it up. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, we'd love to get some feedback. And if you want to reach out to us on any of the social media, that'd be great. If you um, have any deep theological questions, yeah, let us know. Maybe we'll be able to... Thoughts, concerns, an anything you said that angered you that you want us to hash out. Like, we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it on here. We'll do it privately. We'll do it however you want to do it. But... We'd love to just interact with people and 
I do think as as this continues, we'll have more opportunities to do that and get a wider audience. Is, yeah. is the hope? So, but let me leave you with this. Just it's a prayer uh, from Anselm. Like I said, he was a medieval apologist from 1069 uh, 1069 1039 i can't remember yeah. he says lord i acknowledge and i thank thee that thou hast created me in this thine image in order that i may be mindful of thee conceive of thee and love thee but that image has been so consumed and wasted away by vices and obscured by the smoke of wrongdoing that it cannot achieve that for which it was made except thou renew it and create it anew mm. So let that be your prayer this week, that you will understand your place, understand that you have marred God's image, but that he will make it anew. Yeah. And just pray that prayer this week as you go about your week. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Uh, We might do something a little different next week Mm -hmm. and dive back into Romans here in in a little while. Chapter 12, verse 3. Chapter 12, verse (laughs) 3. But uh, in the meantime, guys, we will see you guys next week. Stay Stay rooted. rooted. Thank you for listening to our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogospod.